0: Need to know your elected officials. Yeah, our budget is a 1.5 billion dollar budget. Ooh.
1: Is that just for the county? That's or? just for the county. Okay,
0: I don't know what it is on the city side, but then you have two different, um, you know, um, potential, you know, opportunities there, and then you factor in the school yeah. system, and you just have so much money flowing around. Here. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so these are contracts, you know, and this is something that I've actually started to open up a lot of questioning about. Um, are our contracts? Because I continue to see. That we're giving away millions, 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 millions each and every meeting. Yeah. And I'm starting to ask, you know, what was the percentage of minority spend here? Yeah. You would be surprised how many times it's 0%. Yeah. What? 0%. <laughs> we hear understand? that a lot, but why? Well, okay. So I think it's multifaceted. So, one, There's a technicality here. Right now the county, in Shelby County, doesn't have an NWBE program. So there is literally no metric that we are trying to meet.
1: What is NWEB?
0: Minority women, you know, we will try to hit these figures um, to be able to ensure that these particular subgroups have opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the NWBE spend in place, it will make us at least have to hit a figure. But oftentimes that figure is so low, Mm -hmm. like it's 20%. Yeah. Right now in Shelby County, about over 50% of our population is black. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you think about it in Memphis, that jumps up to 65%. Yeah. So we shouldn't be satisfied just with the 20% span. And if you think about it, the W in that is for women. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. white women qualify. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you peep game, then, you know, you just put in the business and your wife's, your daughter, you know, your aunt's, yeah, you yeah, know, name yeah. and you're able to qualify. Yeah. So it really has a huge loophole in it, even as it stands. So, Um, I think it's multifaceted the fact that we don't have a program that actually creates any type of baseline is a problem the fact that we um, actually have not qualify enough people to become um, approved vendors, that's a problem. So it's like the little red tape there. So it's a lack
1: of people that's participating as well.
0: Right. And then the engagement. Like, no one actually takes on the responsibility of Mm. recruiting people. So people don't even know. Is
1: anybody tasked with that, though? Or is it just one of those things that somebody just have to step up and do it? Listen,
0: I'm five months in, and these are the questions that I'm asking. So um, I have to get past this 90 days with the land bank, because like I was saying in the beginning...
1: Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Equity Tap Network. Listen, I'm excited. Got a good friend of mine, Brittany Thornton, in the building with me. What's going on, Brittany? You doing all right? Hey, hey, hey. Look, I am excited to have this conversation. I know we've been talking for months since I've started the project, and we've been trying to get you in the studio, but I know you got a lot going on this year, so we're excited to jump into it. For I'll sure. uh, talk a little bit about it. Before we get going, just like your 30-second elevator pitch, kind of let people know who you are, uh, a little bit about you, and then we'll jump right into it.
0: All right. So, I'm Commissioner Brittany Thornton. I am the youngest sitting commissioner for the Shelby County Commission, native of Orange Mound, and just a lover of neighborhoods and organizing and Kelvin Woods. So, I'm excited to be here, and I love microphones, and I love like just, you know, reflection. So, I hope we get some good questions to answered today. Yeah. So,
1: let's jump into this. You said you are the youngest uh, county commissioner or just the youngest female in office for this the this city I guess
0: so for on the county side I'm the youngest female commissioner gotcha yeah, gotcha yeah.
1: so how was that uh, now that you're in that role uh, coming up a little bit little bit less than a year now so what are, what are some of the things that you've learned thus far
0: for sure it's it's been uh, five, months. <laughs> five months so um, it's been a run you get all of the issues that preceded you dropped in your lap. And then over time, you're just just starting to realize, like, where all the gaps are. So um, I think I'm just hitting my first, like, man, this is overwhelming phase. Yeah. And (laughs) I'm trying to, you know, crawl up out of that energy so I can be more productive, um, I'm already starting to see that you can dig into so many different things. Yeah. So I need to just pick my focus areas so I can get some wins. Yeah. Because at this rate, time is going to pass by (laughs) and nothing's going to get accomplished.
1: You know what? That's always uh, uh, just something that I'm curious about when it comes to like elected officials. Because I know you campaign on one thing, but then a lot of times it's your first time. Like you in office. uh, Then you come to a point where it's the realization of, okay, what I campaigned on, I'll be able to do it, or it's unrealistic. How did that work out for you? Yeah,
0: for sure. That's exactly where I am. So, um, you know, I campaign thinking about District 10. That's the district that I represent. And um, you get in office and you realize you are a countywide representative. So we we cover everything from the hospital, regional one, to the jail, 201, to the schools. Okay. And so this bigger issue of Shelby County has risen, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, "Woo, where's my district, you know? Yeah. So in the district, I'm focused on housing, transit, and economic development. Okay. So I have thankfully recruited a team of interns that are hard at work, okay. <laughs> focused on um, figuring out who are the players in each one of those respective areas, and then they're going to hopefully help me co-create some legislation here.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So once you think about like your first year, because this position is a four-year the two-year or four-year yeah, position?
0: Yeah, well, you get two
1: uh, four-year terms. Two four-year terms, so eight-year term, or eight years if you win both terms. Right. So once you think about that in uh, terms of, like, the the timeline, what are some of the things that you want to focus on now? What are some of the things that you look at it like, all right, this is more realistic, let me accomplish this first? And I guess the reason I'm asking, because you think about, like, uh, politicians and things like that, like, mm-hmm. the first term is spent a lot of times preparing for the run for second term so they don't get a lot done in that first term. So I guess what I'm asking is how do you look at that eight-year time frame and how do you map out some of the things that you want to do?
0: That's another good question. So I'm just a huge believer that good work will make room for you. So I don't worry as much about the elections. Um, I just worry about doing good work. Gotcha. So for me, um, you know, within my first six months, I just put a moratorium on the land bank. which is the place where people come to access, you know, properties. And so right now we're in the middle of a 90-day moratorium that I just spearheaded. And so figuring out that office, hopefully we'll figure out new inroads into people getting land, which is important because, you know, housing is my, my core focus here. And then, um, definitely for me, I want to um, spearhead the efforts to get us a new jail, you know. Okay. Um, They just came out with some data that shows that Memphis is one of the most deadliest jails in the country, you know. We had, in 2022, 14 people, like, killed. And at Rikers Island, with twice the size that we have at 201, they had 19.
1: What? Hold on. Give me that stat again. How many guys? Last
0: year, we had 14 people who were killed in our jail system. And at Rikers Island, they had 19. Memphis has under 3,000 people within our jail system. Rikers Island has over 5,000. Yeah, wow. So you know, these aren't stats that we want to celebrate. Um, and our prison is just aged. It's about 200 years old in terms okay. of prison terms. So no deferred maintenance is going to fix that building. So, yeah. um, and sorry, uh, you know, we focus on the jails, not the prisons. So gotcha. It's our jail system that needs to be, uh, re. Rethought of, so I got to pick up, you know, wherever my predecessors left off with that, yeah. <laughs> and it takes seven years to do a new construction. So mm-hmm. all these things you set in motion, and you hope to be able to see them completed. Yeah, but there are lots of things that you know we will just be able to set in motion because they'll live outside of you yeah, know yeah, our yeah, tenure.
1: Yeah. So 201, you said it's 200 years old, or based on the condition, it's in the condition of a 200 year old. It's about 40
0: years old. If you think in terms of dog years, it's it's a one to seven ratio. So every year, it's about seven years. Wow. 200. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's horrible. So, like,
1: what is the plan of attack for that? How do you. Bring an ideal to the table to, to do this. Is it a collective or is it just something that you're spearheading? How does that work?
0: Oh, definitely not just me. So um, the jail falls underneath the sheriff. So with our county government, you know, we elect so many different elected officials. Mm-hmm. So you have your clerks, you got your sheriff. Um, So this falls within his wheelhouse. So I'm told that he has done a certain level of assessment. So it's really just figuring out how to connect with what he is intending to do, figure out where that conversation is left off and then just kickstarting it on the commission. Gotcha. Gotcha. It'll be a collaborative effort. And we're trying to figure out some funding sources. You know, we thought the state level that there would be interest, but I'm told that that's not really going to work the way we want it to. Um, So Mm. we just got back from D.C. uh, just yesterday, actually, talking to our our senators and our representatives, trying to figure out how to um, get some more support. So it's definitely going to be a collaborative effort, and it's about a $700 million price tag. Wow.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's huge. So let me ask you this. I think uh, when we think about politics, uh, there's always, like, the fun side of it, like, man, if I could make change, this is what the one thing that I would want to do. And, of course, once you get in a position, you realize there's, A thousand other things that you have to to do, and sometimes it can overshadow, like, that passion. What is that one thing, if you say, man, in my tenure, if I got this one thing done, what would that be?
0: I'm an organizer. So, for me, I love the idea of just knowing every single neighborhood within my district, Uh making sure that there is some type of organizing that exists. So, you think my district has everything from Castilla, Magnolia, If you're not from Memphis, these are some beloved traditional (laughs) black South Memphis neighborhoods, Orange Mound, um, you know, Alcea Ball, so many more. So just figuring out, you know, who are the current residents in those areas and how can we reinvigorate, you know, organizing because that's that's the gatekeeper. Those are the gatekeepers for any community. So we have so many neighborhoods that just have transitioning gatekeepers and it's just left wide open. Mm. And so I want to make sure that this district is organized. I think it will serve whoever my successor is. Um, And then definitely it'll allow me to be able to do some strong work so we can advocate for their projects. I got you. you. It's impossible for your elected official (laughs) to do all the work. Yeah. So if you're going to leave it on them, then a lot of people are not going to be thought of. Mm -hmm. So I just want to know. And definitely, you know, in between my two terms, I want to double the amount of people that actually come out to vote. So it's kind of like a subtle like little competition. There's one other of my colleagues. Who has, um, I guess, the, the highest turnout out of all of us? Okay. And I just want to, you know, blow his figures out of the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I represent about, we all represent about seventy thousand citizens. Okay. But six thousand people put me in the office. Yeah. That's a huge So
1: 70,000 is what District 10 represents, and out of those 70,000, only 6,000 people vote. Yeah,
0: so those are the numbers, and it's consistent. So we all represent a little over 70,000 people. Okay. Um, And then, you a know... A little over, okay, I got you. Yeah, gotcha. a number of people, somewhere between 4,000 and 9,000, hmm. people would have probably put them in office. Wow. Yeah, they're very low turnout numbers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you think that's so?
0: Well, there are many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know, some people whose job it is to actually do this work of engagement... I would just argue they're just not doing their jobs well. Okay. And then beyond that, the organizing piece. Our neighborhoods don't actually have, like, solid organizing in them. Yeah. So, you know, these hubs, these epicenters where people were getting registered to vote and there was a drive for these type of, like, citizen-based things yeah. that you do. Yeah. Like, you just don't have those things, you mm. know? Like, people are commuting into these traditional black neighborhoods. Okay. Um, so the local residents may or may not be going to the churches there. Yeah. People yeah. with school choice, you know, the kids are going outside of the neighborhood. Like, mm. neighborhoods are not very centered. Okay. And so it really you know impacts people's engagement yeah
1: it's a lot to unpack once you really start thinking about it from just a, a bird's eye view not just the ground level like once you look at this thing from a bird's eye view it's a lot of projects a that's lot. encompassed let me ask you this um politics so we talk to entrepreneurs uh, yeah. my audience is startup entrepreneurs they, they have been in business for a few years uh but they're coming to, for a mindset tips tricks things like mm-hmm. that to be able to help them move forward I think it's very uh, cool that you're on the show because I know you got a crazy busy schedule. But just to kind of speak to entrepreneurs just about, you know, government and business and kind of how all of that is intertwined. So I think from, like, just a bird's eye view, what, in your perspective, is the role of government when it comes to business, when it comes to entrepreneurship? Like, what are some of those overlapping roles that we can all kind of work together
0: on? Yeah, that's a really good question. I really, I have this view of government. Like, I think it's a tool. I think I'm a tool to be used by my constituents, you know? So when you know what your elected officials do, then you can use them, you know? They're there for a short tenure. Um, so, So many people do try to tap into us, um, and I'm one of the newer, like, less connected. Like, I'm not coming from multi-generational political, you know, you know, inroads. And I'm just, like, here. Like, yeah, when yeah, I yeah. go to see my mom at the end of the day, she's like, what do you want for dinner? Mm-hmm. She's not talking to me about politics. She doesn't really care. Yeah. And so, but that's <laughs> not the same for some of my colleagues. Like, they literally have to bear the baggage of their parents and their parents, uh, you know, okay. because they come from such multi-generational families that have been a part of um, Memphis and Shelby County politics. So, okay. I do distinguish those two. So I think that one, definitely for people who are starting up uh, businesses, you need to know your elected officials. Yeah, Our budget is a $1.5 billion budget.
1: Ooh. Is that just for the county? That's or? just for the county. Okay.
0: I don't know what it is on the city side, but then you have two different, um, you know, um, potential, you know, opportunities there and then you factor in the school yeah. system and you just have so much money flowing around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so these are contracts, you know, and this is something that I've actually started to open up a lot of questioning about um, are our contracts because I continue to see that we're giving away millions, 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 millions each and every meeting. Yeah. And I'm starting to ask, you know, what was the percentage of minority spend here? Yeah. You would be surprised how many times it's zero percent. Yeah. What was zero percent. <laughs> we hear understand? that a lot, but why? Well, okay, so I think it's multifaceted. So, one, there's a technicality here. Right now the county in Shelby County doesn't have an NWBE program, so there is literally no metric that we are trying to meet.
1: What is NWEB?
0: Minority women, you know, we will try to hit these figures um, to be able to ensure that these particular subgroups have opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the NWBE spend in place, it will make us at least have to hit a figure. But oftentimes that figure is so low. Mm-hmm. Like it's twenty yeah. percent. Right now in Shelby County, about over fifty percent of our population is black. Mm-hmm. Right? And when you think about it in Memphis, that jumps up to sixty five percent. Yeah. So we shouldn't be satisfied just with the twenty percent span. And if you think about it, the W in that is for women. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. white women qualify. Mm-hmm. So if you if you peep game, then you know, you just put in the business and your wife's your daughter, you know, your aunt's you yeah, know yeah, yeah. name and you're able to qualify. Yeah. So it really has a huge loophole in it, even as it stands. So um, I think it's multifaceted. The fact that we don't have a program that actually creates any type of baseline is a yeah. problem. Yeah. The fact that we um, actually have not qualified enough people to become... Um, approved vendors, yeah. that's a problem. Okay. So it's like the little red tape so it's there. So a lack
1: of people that's participating as well.
0: Right. And okay. then the engagement. Like, no one actually takes on the responsibility of mm, recruiting people. Yeah. So people don't even know. Is
1: anybody tasked with that, though? Or is it just one of those things that somebody just have to step up and do Listen, it? Listen,
0: I'm five months in, and these are the questions that I'm asking. Okay. So I am um, i have to get past this 90 days with the land bank because, like I was saying in the beginning, I'm spreading myself too thin. So yeah. I'm just, like, overwhelmed. It's with trying easy to take to it, do, it all yeah. on. Oh, my gosh. And so... <laughs> um, I want to like kind of like let that be my next focus. It's just okay. really digging deep within the minority contracts, but it's definitely something to be said. So you know, wherever you are, if you're in Memphis or Shelby County, um, figure out you know what is that office. We have the EOC office mm-hmm. um, here that is supposed to help people be able to get. Um, you know, become approved vendors. Okay. So there is an office that's dedicated to doing that work. And then up- upon you becoming an uh, approved vendor, you bid yeah, on yeah, opportunities. Yeah. So, you know, you bid, you fail, you learn, you mm-hmm. come back, you bid, you get it, you know, sure, and then you get sure. that contract and then you get your portfolio up, you get that relationship, building opportunity. So we just need to get out there. And I love being connected to so many entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and just like a community of entrepreneurs Yeah. because it just shows to me that we exist. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, yeah, so... Yeah. On Here in Memphis and Shelby County, our commission, predominantly black, 8 out of 13. On city council, 8 out of 13. Mm. On the school board, I think it's like 8 out of 9. Okay. So as black people in particular... Yeah,
1: we hold a majority stake in a lot of these offices. We have the inroads that we need
0: to be able to secure these opportunities. So... I'm just here to just say they exist, you know, right now, if you have (laughs) no clue what I'm talking about, the first step is just to inquire, right? Mm -hmm. And then figure out what you don't qualify for and make that your business to get on a pathway to qualify. And
1: that's what's going to be my question. So as an entrepreneur, I know uh, in my previous business, it was a while before I started doing work with uh, the city, doing work with the county, partially because I didn't know. Uh, And then once you think about it, like on a from a, uh, just from a a standpoint of education is like, I don't know what it takes to, you know, do work with the government and things like that. Uh, And because of that, it delayed a lot of uh, revenue and profits that we were able to see in our business. So if you're thinking like you're sitting here with an entrepreneur that does no business with government, I know you said the first thing is to inquire, but like before they even inquire, what are some of the things that they should be looking at? getting in order, you know what I'm saying, to make sure that their process is as uh, seamless as possible.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm going to put that question back on you because yeah, you've yeah. gone through it. Um, <laughs> I think it's just, it's it's an interesting process of like, you know, people expect you to act on things that you don't know. So I think it's really just, I mean, it goes back to me so often, like who you're surrounding yourself with Okay, because that really will make an impact. So if I want to be a successful entrepreneur, then what am I doing? I'm plugging into that community. I'm just trying to be in the spaces and places where those people are. So I would say first it's just open up, you know, new opportunities for you just to bump into knowledge and connections and understanding. And then you can ask those questions. Cause just from being around you, I just learned so much, you know? So I have always have this long (laughs) list of things where I'm like, Oh, look up this person, go visit this, you know, Mm -hmm. every single time I talk to you. And so I would just say to the, to, to the burgeoning entrepreneur, like, Check your camp, you yeah. know, and figure out, you know, how is it serving you? Is it exposing you to newness? And if not, then you need to just diversify that. And, I, you know, we're in Memphis, but you go to other cities. There's so many different networking opportunities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I would just say utilize them to your advantage, even if you're not getting out there. I mean, now we have, what do you call it, digital real estate?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, digital real estate. Talking yeah. about content. Yeah, You got
0: so much. I mean, YouTube University is a real thing. So I would say, you know, don't let that inhibit you. And then also lean on your elected officials. We are yeah. supposed to be your first line of defense. Mm-hmm. So if you reach out to me in my office and you just had that basic question, yeah. then I could easily point you to people who could get you started mm-hmm. and then come back. When you run into a wall, You know, that's the yeah. relationship that people should feel like they have. For sure.
1: What do you feel like the uh, the best way to get in touch with your elected official? I think that's a, a big gray area for a lot of people too.
0: Well, it does depend. Yeah. You know, some <laughs> of us are more citizen-facing than others. Okay. Um, I would say... I mean, uh, ideally, you would have an elected official that's accessible. So, Mm -hmm. remember, it's not... Reaching out to me is one level, but each one of your elected officials is supported by someone. Yeah. So really, if you reach out to my staff person, Rebecca, mm-hmm. like you really can get everything and information that you would get out of me. Okay. You will come to me for relationship. You know, uh, it's more so like you would get yourself, get the information from my assistant. Yeah. Go follow through with it. And gotcha. then just say, like, Commissioner, I did that so that I can go push you through. Yeah. You know, that's that's the idea of yeah, relationship. Yeah. Because if you come to me and ask me for the information, let me just tell you, 70,000 people, that's how yeah. many people I represent. And most days, it feels like 70,000 mm-hmm. people are reaching out to me. Like, I have a 1,000 unread text messages yeah. right now. Um, So it's always better for you just to know, like, who is that support staff? And then I would just say, go where your elected officials go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Where do I'm, elected officials go? <laughs> I mean, we, we're constantly trying to, to be out, you know, like, a lot of it is just so heavily relational. So yeah, yeah, events you know, like any of the, the headlining events, you think groundbreaking, do so mm-hmm. you think I just went to a groundbreaking the other day and it was like so many elected officials that were there. Okay. So if you were just an everyday person, you could've talked to the mayor, you could have called to city council people, school board members, mm. county commissioners. So those all groundbreaking of, events right? yeah. I mean definitely <laughs> the groundbreaking <laughs> events are great. Um, but if you can get to other events that are like big headliners, okay. a lot oftentimes elected officials will go just to show solidarity. Yeah. So you can those are a great stop and then you have like, you know, your more, um, you know, district based events, which okay. could be great. So there are many, uh, ideally, there should be many opportunities yeah, that yeah. you get to connect with your elected official. Mm-hmm. And even if you go somewhere, I'm real big on just making that pivot. You okay. you trace you down your win. So if I'm not at an event, but you see me on Equity Tap with Kelvin yeah. and you see Kelvin at the event, that's an extension of me, right? Yeah, so yeah, I that's would key. be like, Absolutely. hey, Kelvin, mm-hmm. um, I'm really trying to meet reach Brittany. Can you connect me? Yeah. And, you know, you text me and then I'm responding. So yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like, sure. you know, like use some of those networking one-on-one skills yeah. and um, just, you know, follow your elected official. Mm-hmm. You'll see their movement. Yeah. If Even if it's a little movement, you'll see if they're more insular and they're only rocking with their family most of the time figure out who's the family and yeah. figure out how to connect to people. Yeah. So, you know, we come from a, a very connected city. Mm-hmm. That's just, to me, how Memphis moves. And so depending on where you're coming from, I, I just think that it works all the same. Yeah,
1: yeah, And, and what you said is, is key. There's a lot of key points in there because I do think you will have people that sit back and say, you know what, I don't do any business with the, the government or the city or the county and then they'll give you an excuse for why Mm -hmm. but what you just said really a lot of it depends on their ability to you know do research Mm -hmm. figure out what's going on in the community be active and uh, then, you know, reach out to you guys in those settings. I know some of these events, though, you see they're they're real polarized, a lot of cameras, a lot of light. So it's a little bit more difficult to yeah. approach. Well, I guess it's really not. It just depends on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. You mm-hmm. know, how do you approach these people? Yeah. So going back a little bit about your story, I know we connected uh, in Orange Mountain. We both have a passion for the community. Right. Uh, we were both kind of doing some similar work. You started a nonprofit. Tell me a little bit about some of that space.
0: Yeah, nonprofit is where I started. So i um, a native of Orange Mound. I went away for about seven years to school, came back in 2014 and I came back with Teach for America. So I was teaching and then I realized as I was teaching, I was like, dang, it's hard to teach these children with all these issues. They yeah, just yeah, had yeah, yeah. The, the baggage that they were bringing to the classroom just really distracted them. Whether they, you know, couldn't stay up in class because of whatever was happening at home or just the emotional weight of what they were dealing with, which is very difficult. And my degrees are in social work. So I'm like, as a social worker, Mm -hmm. if I can't deal with these issues and teach my children, my God, what are my colleagues dealing with? And so I'm like, let me zoom out to see the neighborhoods. And so I just realized that for me, there was more of love outside of the school than in the school. Yeah. And so I made that pivot um, into just, like, attending. It first started off for me attending community meetings. Okay. And then um, I was one of the youngest people there at every single meeting that I showed up to. And I had my laptop. So I was like, I can be your secretary. Yeah. So i felt like the secretary for, like, multiple <laughs> organizations. And um, that's where it kind of, like, really spiraled for me. And yeah. so I was trying to think, you know, like, what ideas do I have for how we can address some of the issues that we're having? Okay. So I came up with this like uh, nonprofit idea, wrote it up, and gave it to another community leader. Okay. Like, this is a piece of my story that people don't really know. It's like literally I passed off the idea of juice to another leader mm. who just kind of like left it on the table. It's like, oh, that's a good idea, but they yeah, didn't yeah, really yeah. feel compelled to act. And then I just felt like, you know, um, I'm a Christian woman. I just felt like through this spiritual encounter that I had, that it was just really just told to me. Like, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. And so um, stepped out, you know, on faith. Just uh, we canvassed um, and did like 100 surveys to get some affirmation of the idea. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. after getting that, it's really the rest has just been history. Um, I think it's interesting to be a nonprofit leader, mm-hmm. um, particularly because we are going into our seventh year. Okay. And, Congratulations. Uh, the nonprofit's called Juice Orange Man. I'll go uh-huh. follow us. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about entrepreneurship, it's a form. It's a very oh, yeah, yeah. unique form of entrepreneurship. So, as the executive director, um, you just have so much to do. Yeah, you know, like you are literally trying to do everything. And I think that people don't talk about that enough. And it's interesting, particularly as a commissioner now, because mm-hmm. you have so many people who want to kind of work the government system by creating yeah. a nonprofit. But I'm like y'all. Y'all don't understand. This is not a small <laughs> undertaking. There yeah. is not. You know, this thing of just like yeah. creating a nonprofit, you mm-hmm. know, like that is taking on a whole business venture. Yeah. And there's so much that comes with it. So in the seventh year, it's a particularly trying year. Shout out to anyone who's crossed the seven year. Reach out to me with some encouragement, some guidance, <laughs> <somebody's Yeah>. help. <laughs> but, you know, you have to figure out your revenue model. Yeah, you have yeah. to sustain the organization and figure out, you know, how to make it work. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we're just here riding that wave. Everything we do is about neighborhoods. It's community-based work. It's all—it's an empowerment effort okay. to be able to say that Orange Mountain is enough, that we yeah, don't yeah. have to um, go out and seek someone to make us whole. That mm-hmm. We really just need to organize ourselves yeah, to yeah. figure out how to serve ourselves and leverage what we have to be able to draw out more.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So once you think about, uh, like, the foundational years, starting it up, uh, what were some of, like, those struggles that you, you encountered? Were you able to build? Because, of course, you know, we overlapped in that space. I became yeah. a part of, you know, the organization, served yeah. as the board chair. Uh, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the, the out, time sure. that, you know, I was working with you. With uh, and, you know, I stood behind it because I knew the work that... First of all, I knew you. I knew your character. I knew the things that you know, you wanted to do with the organization. And I was just excited to be a part of that wave and see some of that change, you know, happens. And some of it happened, some of the projects didn't, some of the stuff was kind of a disappointment that it yeah. didn't work out because we put a lot of energy and effort into it. But that's, that's business, that's, yeah. that's nonprofit, that's life. You know, a lot of stuff that you do don't necessarily work out, but the intention was always good. So yeah. tell me about like the foundation and, and more so Orange Mountain. I know you're a native of the community, but yeah. why specifically Orange Mountain?
0: You know, it's wild because it's like, I know that there'll be a day where we'll all sit back and we'll see this new Orange Mound, and I'll think to myself, how much of my efforts actually um, contributed to this shift, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, we literally have, as an organization, guided volunteers to canvas every single street in Orange Mound. Okay. I'm proud of that, Yeah, you know? And so, I think that there's so many things. We've been featured on every local news outlet, you know, like, we um have just done some really really rich work and mm-hmm. so for us it's about bringing back you know neighborhood organizing like yeah. re- reestablishing the leadership um and centering the work in current residents like yeah. that's a big piece of our, our like the work that we do yeah. and so for us i think here most recently and particularly since 2021 we've done a little bit of mission realignment to say we're going to start with the current residents of orange mound okay we're going to serve current residents of orange mound starting with the most vulnerable Mm. And so the work that we're doing is now in this, like, area of homelessness. And for some people, it's random, but we just center everything about current residents. Like, it's undeniable that Orange Mound has homeless folks who've been longstanding, you Mm -hmm. know? And so we honor the fact that we have vulnerable lovers of Orange Mound that are current residents. Whether they're in that, you know, they're squatting in an abandoned house or they are a homeowner, we think that current residents are the bread and butter of Orange Mound.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I know... um what, two years ago now, when the storm hit, mm-hmm. uh, you guys moved in a major way to be able to accommodate, you know, yeah. a lot of homeless people and things like that. So where's that project at now? I know that for a minute there, it was like a lot of press <laughs> around it. Yeah, I know it started off, a lot of people didn't pay attention, but then eventually you started getting a lot of people to pay attention and then it just took on this whole nother life. Uh, where, where are you guys at with that project now?
0: Yeah, it's interesting to come full circle because it's a commissioner for me oh, when, I was, close to you. when I was campaigning. That was, like, the number one thing. Like, the grandmas, they love the, the work around the homeless, yeah. you know? And so... Um it's just it's just interesting Because we purchased The building in 2020 And that's a whole story I had to come back For part two Yeah 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 okay? That's fine Yeah you gotta, we'll gotta, do that You gotta invite us <laughs> okay. um, But we got this building In 2020 It's centrally located On Park Avenue Which if you know And think about Orange Mound By the way We're the oldest Black community In the city of Memphis yeah. Established in 1890 You know I know That the viewership is, is expansive So just wanna make sure Y'all know what we're Talking mm-hmm. about So Orange Mound We're in the center of it And we have this building So you know that Around the time of you board chair, That was the big thing how are we gonna activate this building? Yeah. How are we gonna turn this into a revenue generator? Like how uh-huh. are we just what are we gonna do with this building? Mm-hmm. Our whole fight was just knowing that this is the place to be yeah. and this is the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we got the building. And then in 2021, um, you know, we had to inclement weather, you know, Memphis is just all over the place. <laughs> so we had this little two-week window of us preparing for doomsday, lots of snow, anticipated. So I'm looking, I'm seeing the community around knowing that no one is on the job of actually helping folks get out of this weather. yeah. And so we have this building, mm-hmm. the heat works, you know, like I'm just thinking, surely we can do something. And yeah. what people don't know is two years prior, I participated with another group that did um, an outreach centered around serving the homeless. Okay. And then that next year, there was no effort. And so yeah. I had seen like the lack of sustainability for yeah. an effort, so I'm like, dang, I don't know if anybody's gonna serve them. So we got mm. the building, the weather's coming. So just decide, literally, it was like the 13th, 14th, and 15th. So the 13th idea comes. I'm like, okay, because I'm I'm at my house. My house isn't weatherized. It's so cold. And this is my house before the house I'm in now. But (laughs) um, I'm in Belter Grove. I'm cold. I'm like, dang, I'm complaining pretty hard. What are other people going to do? That's the train of thought. And then I'm like, oh, we have a building. So I start to consult like three different people. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, just think about this. And mm-hmm. so everybody was, yeah. And so on the 14th, we literally are going to Academy getting cots and we're just piecing this thing together. Yeah. And so our whole thing it's so interesting. We're talking about this because this morning I woke up just with some little flashbacks and we were going to make a luxury warming center. Yeah. Like that's what the whole <laughs> idea was. So literally I went and got like satin pillowcases for these pillows. And it's funny <laughs> because when you put your head on a satin pillow yeah. your head just rolls off. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, it was like this whole concept that in practice, you know, people were coming in and they're like, can I just get a regular pillowcase, yeah. you know? Um, but it was just a really, really great experience Um, that morphed into something so big. Like, yeah. there was no plan to start, you know, a homeless shelter. Let me ask you. It was you, just supposed to be a warming center.
1: Initially, how many people did you, Um, once you had the ideal and you sent it at home, you're like, I know there's some people out there in need. Like, how many people were you initially thinking, okay, this is how many people we can help?
0: That's a good question. So... You know, on that first night, I remember I just wanted to see seven people. Okay. And so by 2 a.m., we had seven people. You know, one of the last persons, we still talk about the original group. Um, she came in at 2 a.m. Um, I still remember these things, like yesterday. I don't think that over the course of the inclement weather, there was a figure. But what okay. happened was, over the course of those first two weeks, we had a night where it looked like a famous site. It was mm. 26 people that... House with us, yeah. In the building, like mm-hmm. it grew from that seven to twenty six over the course wow. of the two weeks, and then the third week there was a water boil advisory. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have a house, how can you boil your water? Yeah, yeah. right. So we're thinking, okay, well, we need to be responsible for that third week. And about the third week, we're like, oh my goodness, look how many people are like coming in, like yeah. they're they're coming in, they're getting familiar with the space. So we just chose to stay in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, cots turned into a set of twelve bunk beds, and yeah. we just literally just like created this project. Like, I moved out of my house mm-hmm. into the homeless shelter because Juice only has one staff person, me. Yeah. So, I'm like, if I'm going to do it, then I'm <laughs> the only person that can do it. So, yeah. it was just a very organic process of just building, yeah, you know. And it turned out over the course of 11 months and 13 days before we were closed, we uniquely housed over 100 million women. Wow. Yeah.
1: So, just less than a year. Just something like that started off thing. as, you know, um, a weather you know, yeah. uh situation where people needed to get out. And you got started there with seven people and it you, you serviced over a hundred people within yeah. it. And that's that's huge.
0: That's unique stays. we had so many other people who would come in. I remember one guy, he came in, he was like all oh, my friends in here. Yeah. And so he would just come and just kick it and help us clean and it was just it became it was interesting when we expanded the base. Like, low-income, um, vulnerable renters would come in. Okay. So, you know, I got to meet a number of people. I remember this um, senior, he was getting disability, and he said that he was paying $500 for half a room.
1: Okay. $500 so for five half a $500
0: for half a room. So you just, you got so many people who were coming in, though they may not have ever uniquely stayed. There was a whole community of people who were just, you know, visiting, yeah. whether it be to get, you know, the resources. Like, mm-hmm. people um, really... The network. And this is one yeah, of the things yeah. where I'm really interested in, like, organizing. For me, it's black money, okay. but then also orange brown money. So it's just, like, we had a self-sustained. We didn't apply for a grant. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we had a self-sustained operation. I remember yeah. one day they were like, hey, you get your beans. Like, yeah. a little lady just pulled up, opened up the back of her truck. She was giving beans and cornbread. I was going to yeah. yeah. like How was, did all of it come together? Oh, my gosh.
1: And I think... I think the coolest thing is you live life with these people for almost a year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very interested in, like, what was that like, living life with people? And then, yeah, how did you guys sustain it all?
0: Yeah. The sustaining part was it, it came very easy because yeah. Orange Mound loves Orange Mound. Gotcha. So it's like as soon, you know, as the media was pumping up, you know, the story, and we we do a lot of just um, building a positive narrative around Orange Mound. Just okay. from you know our personal pages so we were intentional to let people know who the people were gotcha. like more than just being a homeless person mm-hmm. you know like this person loves skating this person loves to draw this mm-hmm. person can sing you know like we we just really tried to like round out perspective around people and just share like the moments of us living together it was like yeah. really like a little little i don't know like tv episode show sure. um but from that you know it drew out so much support so yeah. you know i think post Pandemic and just post that engagement, we've connected with so many more people. Mm-hmm. Though we have been in the community for like five plus years, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it, you just, way, it yeah. really is, It was just very interesting. Um, and then, uh, what was that other question that you had?
1: So I was—I'm just curious uh, about the the doing life with you know those individuals yeah. uh, because I. I know you had to have like some real tough skin, yeah, because uh, you see the the worst of some of the situations, and I know we can uh, definitely pull on your heartstrings. But like, what was it like living life with uh, with those individuals for almost a year?
0: Yeah, you know, I definitely came in green um, and left like with a very strong if you like. I was just like, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It's so interesting, like just to think about. <laughs> How many weapons were yeah. in that building? Like, weapons? Yes, weapons. When you think about it, everybody carries some type of, like, knife, shank, like, you know, just living on the streets. It's okay. very dangerous. So uh, there were so many moments that were n- not publicized. But, man, like, the incidents. I mean, yeah. you think, like, pretty much the majority of people there were managing some type of addiction. Okay. So depending on, like, if they used that day, you know, like, pu- we had to develop policies as we were going. And so it's just like... It was just very interesting. Like, you, through relationship, were able to influence people, but it was always a competition with, like, some of those other demons that they were, you know in bed with so it was just an interesting thing and the beautiful thing people say you know like how could you do that just you thinking more like were you safe yeah. I never really worried about my safety honestly I just prayed over my car because my car was always parked outside yeah. you know sometimes <laughs> I would have to kick people out like I had like tough conversations like it was like you know everybody wasn't a good fit and everybody depending on what they were coming in with couldn't stay so yeah. um, I was like Lord I gotta release this car to you because if I care about this car mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then something could happen to it. <laughs> yeah. So, but I still I'm driving the same car. I yeah. just think that that part just really just stood out to me. But beyond that, the beautiful thing about community is that everybody knows everybody. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So you, when we had a midnight curfew, everybody would come in there, and we equally were concerned about our well being. Yeah. So it was like a check and balance. And there were times where. You know, I would leave it up to them if someone were coming in and it was someone that I didn't know or, you know, they were trying to fill a vacancy that we had. I was just asked the house, like, you know, do y'all vouch for this person? Yeah. And so the one time that I went against (laughs) the one time I went against who they said no to. Yeah. That man walked up out of there with the speaker. I mean, just walked clean up in there and walked out with the speaker. Yeah. They were like, we told you. We told you. We know he ain't good for well, nothing. Well, I need y'all to go stop
1: <laughs> so, him and get the speaker back. That's
0: what I'm saying. <laughs> Can somebody go get my speaker back? And so um, that's, that was when I went against my own rule. But then it just really drove home for me why it was a rule to have in the beginning. Yeah. So they would vet people. And if they felt safe, then, you know, that's all I needed. because yeah, yeah, Their yeah. safety was like their top priority, sure. which happened to benefit me. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was a really interesting experience. Yeah.
1: And I saw um, throughout the progression of this whole project, I saw the building change. I know you guys uh, did uh, a garden. Like, yep. I saw that there was a mirror. There was a lot of facelifting going on. So yeah. what, what is the condition? Where is everything at now?
0: Well, I say the building, thankfully, is up to code now, but it's okay. not cute. Gotcha. That's what I say. Up to
1: cold, but not cute. (laughs) Up to cold,
0: but not cute. So, you know, technically we can be in the building, but, you know, the building needs new flooring. Mm -hmm. It needs a new ceiling. I mean, I'm just saying because I know (laughs) it's a bunch of entrepreneurs out here. Um, (laughs) Paint, and uh, I want a new HVAC system. So we're thinking about this in iterations. So we're going to take this building um, to its next level, and then there'll be an ideal Version. So the ideal version, we've been intentional to acquire adjacent lots. Okay. So we want to build out what we're calling Juice Village and just Ooh, really just reimagine. That's dope. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. We want to reimagine what this corner lot can become yeah. as a driver. And okay. so, uh, you know, my heart is really centered in economics, okay. which I really want to get back to that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I want to start to hybrid. I'm really sensitive to this. this. Piece of our journey that has gone through working with the homeless community so okay. how, what does it look like for us to be innovative to kickstart homeless entrepreneurs okay you oh, know yeah that's dope so we we're mulling over some ideas and um i think it's interesting when you talk about digital real estate mm-hmm. There are so many personalities like when i tell you like there's so many folks on the streets <laughs> that are i mean you see them yeah but when you really get to know them they are hilarious yeah like they they could run they could they could be your newest favorite followers. I know e, you had a couple of superstars oh there was gosh. uh
1: you had what was the dog name? Was it
0: Mike and Buddy. Mike and the buddy, dog yeah. is buddy. So <laughs> that was interesting because we were running it, you know, this just rogue, you know, grassroots effort. I I don't know. I'm just like I was so overwhelmed with just like keeping the lights on and making sure this person doesn't kill this person and yeah. just like all the interpersonal <laughs> things. When the when he came in with his dog, it never even crossed my mind. Like, don't invite a dog into the shelter. Yeah. I'm just like, are you hungry? <laughs> are, you, are you hungry? Are you homeless? Just come on, like, yeah. get on in here. This is an area for you. <laughs> and so, you know, he constantly reminded me um, through relationship. Like, he was just like moved to tears when he would just talk about the fact that. For him, his dog is everything, and he would never leave his dog. Yeah. And because of that, he couldn't enter into most shelters. Mm. And so, for him, like to be able to be a part of that experience was yeah. like really important. And um, for him, he's an outside dweller, so yeah. there have been so many times when we've had to just thankfully through you know relationships we formed with other people, they took a liking to him, and they like you know that most recent bout of weather that we had, um, he was gonna stay outside in a tent. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine you know yeah. like for him. A lot of people just do what they're so accustomed to doing. So um, they got him to a hotel, but that's Mike and Buddy. But there's Bin Laden and there's Prince and there's Keisha. Bin Laden, I forgot about him. Oh my gosh. Like they are are really, really entertaining. So I would love for us to like, I talked to you about this, about setting up just like a small studio for them to be able to Learn things or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. get um, get themselves before, like, an audience just to do something. Because a lot of them, um, unfortunately, are managing uh, chronic illnesses. Okay. And so that's another mm. piece. And because they know that their bodies are declining, like, so many of them just aren't motivated to, like, you know, people would say, um, yeah, just get get to a warehouse to get yeah. a job and, and just go to the doctor. You know, like, for them, I talked to a number of them, they just don't want to know what's wrong with their bodies. Yeah. They want to yeah. continue to live their lives with the joy yeah. and just like the ignorances of the issues and just yeah. like, do you think you know, it's just
1: because they they don't have the ability to do anything about it?
0: Exactly at this yeah. point, you know they know they know what they've done yeah. and they know you know the weight of that, and so um, I think it's I, I honored the the dignity of their stance. Okay. You know, like they're not rushing in to just go be just a regular laborer. They love the freedom of just like, you know, the creativity of panhandling yeah. and trying to get your dollar or your <laughs> cents, you know, and making you smile. And yeah. So many of their needs are met in this alternative yeah, universe yeah. that they live in. And That's so, so, yeah, it's just an interesting lifestyle. So I, I definitely think that our Orange Brown homeless community is very unique, yeah. you know, and I just think that wrapping around, you know, as a community, any issue is just going to be so personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think that's one of the cool things about, you know, the work that I see you doing with JUICE, with uh, the county commission, uh, and just stuff in general in the community. Because I've noticed, I know you just had this uh, huge renovation project that went on with your personal residence. And, you know, most people in this situation would be like, yo, cool, I got a nice spot, you know, call home. But as soon as it was done, you opened up the doors to the youth in the community, uh, to different pro- programming, you know what I'm saying, activating and stuff like that. Tell me a little bit about that piece.
0: Yeah, I see so many young adults. Yeah. You know, um, right around the time that I was starting that, I'm driving down the street and you you see people and then they disappear and then they reappear. And yeah. what happened is they went to jail. Yeah. Okay. And so um, I saw some folks come out of jail and I'm just like, yo, like I'm starting this house ministry. And mm-hmm. so I just encouraged them. We've had over 22 unique visitors come through you okay. know it's, it's kind of a chase at this point yeah. so I'm like okay y'all when I, you
1: say unique visitors what does that mean
0: well just like 22 bodies have crossed my oh, my house okay. threshold you gotcha. know gotcha. on every single Tuesday when we convene it's not yeah. 22 people but you know some type of mix of 22 people is coming week to week um, but all that to say is that there's a, a an actual you know viable young adult community yeah. in Orange Mound mm-hmm. who would have thought because you don't, you don't see cool things, like, happening yeah, for young adults. For sure. Oftentimes, people talk about school-age children or they talk about seniors. Yeah, yeah. In communities like Orange Mound, where's the middle-age the middle age group? Where yeah, yeah, are yeah. the millennials? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's the weirdest thing. So, knowing their struggles, I just wanted to let them know that they're not alone. Because yeah. I think their movement would just lead them to think, like... This is the norm, but I'm like, y'all, in other neighborhoods, like, people actually have amenities. They have places and spaces they can go to and call their own. Mm -hmm. Our professional friends, they love the cigar bar visits and the cigar bar, Mm -hmm. and they love, you know, all the things that you do when you're, like, a cool, hip, millennial professional. Yeah, But for them, like, I feel like I'm a millennial, but they are millennial age, but they don't walk Mm -hmm. around saying they're millennials. Yeah, 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 for sure. They're just like, I'm 20, you know, I'm 29, 28, you know. Um, so it's just an effort, you know, I just, again, I love organizing. I love looking for the gap and mm. I love just trying to facilitate, you know, trust relationships. Yeah, 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 And so for me, I got this house, um, which happens to be an HGTV house. I'm like, okay, if anybody could have something that people want to come to, surely I now have it. So yeah. opening the doors, I consider myself the house curator okay. and we are inviting <laughs> guest ministers to come in to do yeah, a weekly yeah. Bible study.
1: That's what's up. I know, um, I think you're the right person to do it because I know as of lately, you've uh, done a lot of traveling, uh, international travel. So I'm curious to kind of see, you know, I keep up with you, Brittany. Come on now. (laughs) So you think about all the things that you see on an international level, all stuff that you see just locally, you know, with all your travel and stuff like that. And then you look at Orange Mound and the condition that it's in. Like what is is your vision? What are some of the things that it's going to take for Orange Mound to start Becoming like some of these places that you're traveling, uh, where it's more commerce, where community is starting to build back and things like that.
0: That's an awesome segue. Um, one particular, so one, I'm going to say two things in one. So in politics, I've already had my first little attack where they tried to make our own property. Okay. And I made a goal, this arbitrary goal. I said, I want 20, new proper, 20 properties. Uh-huh. So, you know, I got 18 and they tried to make a you know whole story about it. When you get into politics, just look forward to these type of things. You know, it's coming. (laughs) So I was like, listen, I'm happy that y'all put this out here because I got 18 properties that I need to try to do something with. Yeah. Like for me in a community like Orange Mountain, some of y'all that are listening, you know, About the land turnover process, you know, like we know that the properties purchased are going to like be ushered into like this new orange Mound, And there won't be opportunities to get in in the future. Mm -hmm. We don't know if that's two years, five years, ten years. But we know that's where it's going. And what we know now is the properties are increasing. Mm -hmm. So I've been, you know... Rooted in Orange Mound And actually just committed In 2015 I said I am going to stay In Orange Mound Okay So when I lived Just one neighbor over In the Bethel Grove I knew that I was coming back To Orange Mound So when I purchased this house That was the HGTV house It was because I was like This house is going to make me A resident in Orange Mound again Didn't know how You know There would be times Where I would save up money Like I I think I had like $30,000 in savings Mm -hmm. And I was like Dang how do I spend it down? Like yeah. who what contract did I go find? Like mm-hmm. it was just so um really daunting yeah. like and I know that there are other people who are just like I do not know how to rehab a house mm-hmm. I don't know how to select a contractor yeah. and so you just kind of I don't know, you know? <laughs> so you
1: bought the house and it was just you weren't occupying it at the time no, it was just you a couldn't. house not okay I got you
0: it was straight from the land bank and so
1: you were saving up to kind of renovate right. it okay that okay, was I'm the whole vision you. yeah
0: like because I you know the only thing Orange Man had to offer was like real blighted homes or, or vacant lots Yeah. so yeah. either I'm going to have to go through a new construction or I'm going to have to rehab a home yeah. I haven't done either. Mm-hmm. My parents haven't done either. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing in my my intimate circle that could advise me on how to do those things. Yeah. And so what we're really talking about here are people who are trying to like break out of generational poverty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? So it's like the experiences of my mother and I, when I came home at twenty six, I was making more than my mother who had worked at FedEx for twenty six years. Mm. Like, let that sink in, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so what we're talking about here is just, like, people who are first-generation wealth builders. Yeah. Like, you got to move differently. You mm-hmm. got to be aggressive. You got to take risks. And so um, just the travels, how that connects is that I've traveled, you know, to 19 countries at this point. But one of the more recent ones here is Ghana. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so my first trip to Africa... And I plugged into this developer community. I think it's okay. just interesting how all these things have just played out. So in being connected to this developer community, I'm seeing all black projects from the quantity surveyor to the foreman, to the architect, to the brick mason, everybody's okay. black. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. the owner, to the, <laughs> I mean, like literally, like everybody is black. Yeah. And so it's the coolest thing. Like there are a couple of developments that I've been following these past couple of years. And then, you know, this week I'm going to close on my first property yeah, yeah, yeah. in Accra. Okay. And I'm just like Whoa, literally where is it at? It's in Accra, Ghana. Ghana, okay. Yeah. Wow. I know. Huge. And so I'm just I'm so excited. <laughs> like when I tell you, I'm so excited. Is huge. When yeah. I tell you, so I'm just I'm I'm so, you know, going to these meetings, seeing even just where we're at right now in Memphis, like think about all the new development that's happened around here. Yeah. And I look at every single project and I'm like, did a black builder, you know, who's getting the, the residual off for of sure, this? For sure, for sure. Like is this building black wealth? Mm-hmm. And so I many times you look at the fine print and it's a hard no. Yeah. And so it's like that's annoying. It's a hard, me. No. It's yeah. a hard no. And in the world of building, where are the black female builders? Mm. So I'm just like it's so it just it bothers me. Yeah, it yeah. bothers my mind. It's like you, the
1: more you're exposed to the more you realize how much work we actually have to do.
0: Serious. Yeah. Serious. And so I'm like I'm hungry. I'm just like listen, I'm not gonna wait on you to randomly pick me for these opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna continue to see you, like at this point, like yeah. bill for generations, mm-hmm. right? Uh, fine, I will just go get my little lots. Yeah. Create my portfolio, yeah, and continue to hang out with Kelvin. You understand? <laughs> and eventually, I'm gonna figure this out. And so the trajectory, it's just been very unnecessarily circuitous, but it's just cool the how you know you cast in big vision for yourself, it yeah, just yeah. draws out information, yeah. and it positions you in a way that the things that you speak you manifest. And so I've seen manifestation so many different iterations in these 33 years I've been living. And it's just been good. So Mm -hmm. I'm just excited in the future when you see me become, you know, a neighborhood economic developer, which is what I aspire to be. Then you heard it here first, Uh you know, a black female builder. Absolutely. Okay. You heard it here first. Okay. So, um, I'm just excited to see, you know, where my own entrepreneurial path takes me. Yeah. There's some huge seeds in the ground, and I look forward to, like, making that more of an international venture. For sure. But I'll just say, you know, international has given me the case to be made, and then I want to prove it here locally.
1: Yeah, that's what's up. What, uh, I don't know if you mentioned this. What? What is your educational background?
0: So my degrees are in social work. Okay. And it's macro, so I'm not a clinical social worker. Although y'all are amazing, um, <laughs> I am more of a systems thinker. I'm more okay. of a a big picture, like show me the processes, like, you know, like yeah, I'm yeah. trying to look at systems and, re, you know, re, revamp systems. Okay.
1: What did you get your degree at?
0: So my undergraduate degree is from Baylor University and then okay. my graduate degree is from the University of Pennsylvania.
1: Cool. So you've accomplished a lot. You said 33. In 33. In your- 33. Yeah. Jesus year. Absolutely. You've accomplished a lot. I'm uh, I'm excited for you in the next wave. Actually, what is like the next wave for you? What is what do you have next on your calendar?
0: So I think, you know, I've kind of been dragging my feet on solidifying these 2023 goals. Um, For me personally, I want to focus on a couple of projects in the political world. Okay, Like I really think that I can create this organizing fabric. So I'm going to do that. Um, I just became the Southeast Director within the National Association of Black County Officials. Okay. And so there'll be some recruitment opportunities. The Southeast
1: dir- Director? Yeah. Okay.
0: It's a recruitment position. So gotcha. I'm supposed to recruit more commissioners okay. to this organization. <laughs> but I'm excited about that um, because you know the vision given to me is international, but okay. the WAVE was definitely something wasn't it wasn't just to go from local to international. Mm-hmm. It was a progression. And so when I see... You know, God being gracious to push and position me into this position. Yeah, that progression is starting to move out. So, I'm just excited to see more of the vision coming true. Yeah. and um, of course, you know, trying to get this project up and going. So, if you know anything about Ghana, that yeah. people are always trying to encroach on your land. Uh-huh. So, you gotta uh, really lay your foundation quickly and just steadily build. Mm. Um, so. I'll be laying that foundation here, um, hopefully this month, and yeah. seeing that project grow. So I'm super excited about that. You gotta document it for us. Oh my gosh! Well, you gotta teach me how to do that. But yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how you're gonna document it all the way over there, but you gotta make some connections. Yeah, that. for sure,
0: for sure. Well, we'll figure that part out. Yeah. So, um, and then I personally, I love personal finance. I, okay. I want to speak to the person that is like just chipping away at some of these debt, you know, goals of just trying to reduce debt. Like I've okay. been on that journey. And so, you know, I'm crunching numbers and really just trying to figure out how just to reduce my debt. Because I'm the person that has $200,000 worth of student loans. Let that sink in. Mm -hmm. It is the worst. Okay. So I just, the whole debt piece is just so real. And so I just want to make some strides in that. And I'm trying to think what else, you know. I think I want to, um, you know, they talk about streams of income. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, there's something about at this point in being an experienced leader that I'm being a consultant. So I have this idea of yeah. middleman consulting, helping people connect to their target yeah. population so that you can eliminate the middleman. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I think with the work that you've been doing with Juice, um, it's a blueprint that's already exists, that already exists, and people will want to tap into that. So. I think just even consulting on how do you start a nonprofit profit and, and achieve some of the things that you've been able to achieve when it comes to real estate acquisition when it comes to all of these programs that you've been able to activate some of them are long-term programs some of them are just seasonal but there's a blueprint that already exists so yeah that's a population of people that i think you would be perfect you know to consult in that in that space
0: wow when I come to you, I'm like, help me to connect to my target <laughs> population. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah, for sure. Something. Well, I got you. And,
1: you know, as things continue to uh, to grow and develop for you, we've got to get you back. I want to talk more about this Ghana piece. So we got to get yeah. you back on the show sure. uh, as you guys start to develop and talk more about that. That'd be dope. Who? And then we
0: can all take a trip.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I've been wanting to go. I've never been to Africa, so yeah. I was telling Patrice, I was like, look, Brittany is the person that we need to tag on. I was like, I don't know who Brittany got connected yeah. with, but she looked like she has the time of her life whenever she goes outside we the country. We got
0: the plug, y'all. No worries. Well, yeah. say
1: no more. When we get ready to do it, you're going to be the first person we call. <laughs> hey, so true. look, this is what I want to do. I want you to be able to uh, let people you know how they can keep up with you, uh, all your social medias and stuff like that, yeah. and any advice that you have for uh, anybody who's aspiring to be a politician, to get into community work, to start an nonprofit any advice that you have uh, for them if you don't mind sharing you've already given out so much good uh, information but anything that you want to leave them as a parting word for
0: sure. listen
1: if you got a lot out of this interview do me a favor hit subscribe uh, if you want to continue to get more content like this do me a favor turn on the notification also Drop fire in the comment if you got a lot of information out of this uh, this interview. Uh, of course, you guys know with the Equity Tap, our goal is to help you as an entrepreneur raise your business IQ so that you can continue to tap into your full equity. With that being said, Brittany, I'm gonna throw it back to you. Let people know how they can keep up with you and any parting advice that you have. We would uh, greatly appreciate it.
0: For sure. First, thank you so much. Yeah. Equity Tap, so cool. Uh, <laughs> I feel cooler just being in the presence. Um, uh, so I'm Commissioner Brittany Thornton. I would love for you to help me expand my reach as a commissioner, the youngest commissioner, uh, female commissioner in the history of Shelby County. And I uh, get to represent some dynamic communities. So go to Commissioner Brittany Thornton on Facebook. I live on Facebook. Somebody help me get off um, because it takes up a lot of my time. You can also visit uh, www.brittanythornton.com. And that's really just the, the one-stop shop to figure out all these different identities that I'm managing and just to plug in wherever you have interest. So I would love to connect with you. Use me as a resource and definitely um, get connected to your elected officials. That's in order. If you're interested in becoming an elected official, then count me in your network. And I would just say be, you know persistent and consistent you know it definitely will help you out um and definitely speak things that you um you believe that you can manifest and so you know i say these days dream it go get it i'm a dreamer and you know i just feel like i'm just slowly trying to just like activate those dreams so you can do it too
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, look, I can't think of a better way. I got a thousand other questions I want to ask you. We're going to have to get you back on the show, but I can't think of a better way to close it. And uh, as things continue to progress, can we get you back on the show? Oh, for sure. Good deal. Well, we appreciate you, Brittany. Thank you.